I feel like they should go go harder. You know, like their their energy suggests like visually, I suppose, beer, but like I don't know. What's up? Oh wait, no, we we're not doing that anymore because be the rebel. There you have to get out of the way. Hold on, wait. Let me, let me, let me, let me do that, Dominique, uh, in a way that our new sponsor, Corona, might appreciate. Um, Como esta? I, I knew you were gonna do that. Oh boy. Uh, oh boy. How could how could someone sell out so quickly without actually getting any money? They didn't give you a red cent. Why are you selling out already? So for the podcast audience, yes, we are debatable, a live fake television show where we debate nothing except for whether we should be paid personally in limes for this new Corona sponsor. I will not say the name of the sponsor until something happens to my lime account. I keep checking my (laughs) lime account. My lime account has not had any activity since I went and contributed my own limes to my lime account. Corona. I mean, you guys. Put some limes in my lime account, and then maybe I'll say your name. Until then, I'm done. Lime wire those limes, Corona is what. Uh, Dom, oh, I, I mean, man, Spencer, so we did we did elect Dominique to this job, president That's of true. the Debatable Players Association. Y'all didn't so. elect me to sh- anything. I took it. <laughs> I will. I will go. I will go ahead and say, by the way, that it would be the most lime wire experience if we asked for limes and you downloaded it, and instead it was a remix of like right there by Chingy. That's a very LimeWire 2005 experience. Freshman year of college, <laughs> we tried to download The Matrix Reloaded. We got two hours of black and white Dutch pornography. <laughs> You're not, welcome. Not a joke, but you know what? Oh. That is the roulette wheel that was the internet in the 2000s. So, Alabaster, I assume you have similar experiences. Lime is a euphemism for money, just in case anybody didn't know. I was trying to be coy. <laughs> I was trying to be coy, but I realized that you guys went a little too far with the lime bit, and I don't want the company that should not be named to send a sack of limes to my house and think that's going to cut it. So let's be clear. Euphemism for greenbacks, frog skins, cash, dough, dinero, moolah, guap. Did I miss any? Mm, Mm -mm. No, No, I think I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Those fiat limes. We want those fiat limes. Um, All right, you ruined Alabaster. it. Let's start the show. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's get talk. Uh, get talking about some actual sports, and we have some good stuff this weekend. We have a college basketball matchup that I think we've been waiting for for decades. It's Duke and UNC in the Final Four, and two other blue bloods. Now, question: How do you want to see the Final Four play out? I don't know why I can't say Final Four. I, I think it's because you have been, uh, you know, drinking a few too many. Uh, Beers that shall not be named uh, Alabaster. Look, can I start here by pointing out something about the women's tournament, actually? Because I want to just nod to them before we dive all in on on the uh, Coach K experience. Uh, Have you guys seen Gino Ariema lately? Have you guys seen what he looks like? Because he's kind of Mike Francesa now, and it's just very jarring. Just like visually... He's, uh, he's, he's, he's thicker, he's hunchier, he's grumpier. He's basically Mike Francesa. So I, I want more of that. That's not I a think. compliment. I mean, I didn't say it was a compliment. I know. I'm just saying. I'm, I just wanted it to be clear to Gino and uh, any Gino fans. But, I mean, they are the worst team in the Final Four, which is a, <laughs> a rare. Oh. Yeah, also rare, the man from it's up, the, right? It, yeah. It's there. It's there. I mean, I, I guess in the women's tournament, that's what I find more intriguing 
than anything else is like they're the only non one seed of the remaining teams. They're the worst team. They got Paige back, which like she was a freshman last year cooking people. And then she was at the ESPYs, which I was a fan of hers before. But at the ESPYs, she was pretty outspoken for, I guess, 18 or 19 year old at the time. And I'm a big Paige Becker fan. I'm not a big Gino Oriema fan or UConn fan. But they are the worst team left in this. Somehow, we are still talking about their now pudgy-looking head coach. Is that what you're saying, Pablo? Yeah, I'm saying. This is cruel. No, this yeah. is cruel. This is absolutely cruel talk about a man who's who's clearly just going through a very physically difficult time, i.e. putting his team through the Final Four again. Not that I think UConn should have anything good. I do love this, though, that, we, that in college sports, we're secure enough about things to be like, yeah, you know that team? To hell with them. They're too good. That I love that. I love that about. I mean, can Duke. we do some? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I love that about Duke on the men's side, and I love that about UConn that we just instantly have a villain, which is why I'm all about South Carolina, right? There we like, go. I was just about to say, can we give Don Staley some love? Like, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like of the coaches, I guess the the next coach to take over, maybe, and as far as the dominant, because we do like dominant teams. I know everyone pretends that they want parity, but. Having a big bad makes it all more fun Mm -hmm. for the rest of us. And, I mean, Stanford's been amongst the top teams in the country for many, many years. But I feel like Dawn Staley's someone we know with personality, like we knew before she became a coach. Maybe she takes the mantle that Coach K is going to leave and that Gino Oriema maybe is going to leave eventually. And she becomes that, that big bad in South Carolina. But I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure where the hotbeds for recruiting is. I just want South Carolina for once to to be a big bad. I want South Carolina to be an o- <laughs> I want South Carolina to be an overdog in something. All right, there's a Don't long they, history they still of like sell those Cox hats. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Wait, what are these? They what, what's, what's the deal with the Cox hats? It just says it, it just says they're the Gamecocks, so they I have know. one that just says Cox. And I am ah. told that this has an alternate meaning in some dialects. I do not understand Which this. Could be, I mean, to me, it's just a mascot. Yeah, I mean, it could make it particularly these potential alternate meanings could make it particularly interesting when rooting for a women's basketball team. Like, I feel like you can't rock the Cox hat at a women's basketball team. It feels somewhat disrespectful to what's going on out there. Maybe they go with the games hat. They should just wear hats that say games. I learned a long time ago, just don't try to tell South Carolina anything they can or can't do. They're just going to do it. For instance, those those people go to war when you try to tell South Carolina things that they can and cannot do. South Carolina is generally going to be uh, first in the fight, whether it's a good idea or not. That's what I've learned. So I don't. And, I don't and try to, to be clear, it was a bad idea. Uh, yeah, exactly. I don't. And I don't taunt them. I don't taunt them at all. All I'm going to say is, y'all turned out for like 20 straight years for a football team that won like three games, and you sold out that stadium. You deserve Pablo, things. You deserve Pablo, good things. Pablo started with lime wire jokes that I thought were dated, and I followed up with Civil War jokes. Talk about dated. Take you all the way back. And yes, it was a bad idea to fight that war. You were fighting for foolishness, South Carolina. I'm glad we established that the huh? South was wrong. <laughs> We've got breaking news. I mean, have we established that? I'm not sure that's something we all agree on. I'm pre- I mean, at this point. Breaking news. Debatable fixed it. <laughs> oh, man. This, that's what, that's, we, I'm sure this news is not that important. This is just Alabaster scared of me steering this show into a ditch. Too, too late. What's so, up, Alabaster? So, Alabaster, I presume the breaking news is that, yeah, the union has been preserved. 
thanks to the might of the north but what what do you got no that was it that was okay it. Oh, you but that, just supporting your joke oh Very thank good. you thank you thank you but speaking of uh a weird northern bias that involves southern subjects like the duke fan base this is a really mm -hmm. big deal like what we're about to get on saturday right and so what do we want okay let's go to the men what do we want i want memes you know, like I want good basketball, yes, but I mostly want memes. Like, and we can uh, talk about the basketball. We can talk about Villanova, best free throw shooting team in NCAA history, but they lost Justin Moore to an Achilles tear, which is, you know, eh, not, no, give me Kansas over them. But Duke Carolina, like, if you don't know why this game is important, I credit you for not having a television at this point. <laughs> but the idea, I mean, Spencer, the idea that in this game, you're going to have Carolina and Duke, but not just that. But Michael Jordan presumably flying in off his PJ mm -hmm. with his mm -hmm. fellow alumni and Mike Krzyzewski there and just shame on the line. Like, I want to see tears. I want to see I want to see a new crying Jordan meme myself as much as I hate Coach K. It's a rough it's a rough week for everybody who's a Duke fan because the Lakers obviously struggling. Uh, let's see. Duke, you know, could <laughs> suffer a serious tragedy. Um, you know, Belichick and the Patriots really struggling without Tom <laughs> the, Brady. The Yankees cheating already... scandal has been just sort of like ruled to be uh, unsealed soon. That whole like right, uh, sign-stealing right. thing. Yeah, you know, like fortunately for Duke fans, death remains undefeated so they can stick with the winners, right? <laughs> Teams that never lose. Because <laughs> yep. that's who I assume most Duke fans are. They're just the people who disappear into the shrub, right? With one hat on and they come out with another one, right? Like there's probably like, I respect the like 3,000 real Duke fans. There's like 3,000 real hardcore actually like invested duke fans and everyone else is just kind of glomming on so i'm kind of i'm anticipate like i'm looking forward to something bad happening for the rest of them i think that the sports media the right answer for sports media is duke win and lose yes. in the finals because if duke loses now like i feel like all the 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 reason what it seemed like the reason for the tournament this year at least in the eyes of cbs and probably, honestly, in the eyes of anybody talking about this tournament, the only reason to have it is because Coach K is there. He is more of a topic than anybody in this tournament. And uh, I think in order to keep the storyline going, we should all root for them to go to the finals. But Absolutely. it's so hard. It's so hard. No, Dominique, um, if, if Duke loses to Carolina, like the storyline ahead of, like, let's say, Carolina, Kansas is, man, Hubert Davis really likes shooting threes. <laughs> and that's kind of where we Nobody go next. That. Nobody wants yeah. to talk about that. I mean, Kansas, at the very least, the reason I root for Kansas, by the way, and I know this is further complicating our alcohol sponsorship, but they have a part Filipino player named Remy Martin on Kansas. And that oh, really? dude mm -hmm. needs, get him some limes, man. How is he not profiting <laughs> off of that in the NIL world? <laughs> Alabaster what? Why are you interjecting I, right now? I just need to interject for a second. Uh-oh. Did you guys just talk around the fact that both you, Dominique, and you, Pablo, are rooting for Duke? Against Carolina? Nope. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I we rooting, want them to win. No, no, no. no I never said that. For ourselves. Hmm. I definitely do not want Duke to win. I think that it's better for us as an industry if Duke wins to keep this storyline going. It makes the final even more interesting. But I can't, like, I grew up, my dad's from North Carolina. And anybody who's from that area knows that they're, it's a very big into basketball. And whether you, root, whether you went to North Carolina or Duke, it doesn't matter. Whether you went to college at all, whether you graduated high school, it doesn't matter. There are, there's a line 
And it tells you a lot about a person by what side of the line you're on. You either root for Carolina or you root for Duke. And my dad rooted for Carolina. And he brainwashed me when I was a kid to be a Carolina fan. We rooted for Carolina. I remember all those those obscure, I like to throw obscure names out, uh, Dante Calabria, Ooh. Google them. Oh, yeah. that, that, that'll weird you out. That'll show you how back, how far back my UNC fanhood went. I threw that fan away when I went to college myself. But still, I come back and Duke, you're still Duke. You can't go get a bunch of black guys and think that I forget about your history. Like, I don't <laughs> like you, Duke. I don't like you. I'm sorry. Duke actually was the first school to offer me a scholarship. And I told the coach that showed up, I'm sorry. I can't go there. I can't be associated with that foolishness. Y'all got a track around your football field and the locker room is a mile and a half away. No, sir. I'm sure they've addressed <laughs> I, that since then, but then that was what they were doing. I mean, I am, I'm always in favor of the most haterish outcome in something <laughs> where I'm not invested. And also as an admittedly ignorant college basketball watcher, I have to revert to my old rules, which is one, I pick my sides. I always root for a public over a private because I'm about class warfare and the people. So I'm, I'm definitely going to root against Duke, right? But there is a funnier outcome here too, which is Villanova beating Duke would be funnier in the final because I know it's not Central Philly, but Philadelphia, That's the most, pr most That's proudly haterish city in America, <laughs> haters. okay, coming through and absolutely spoiling the party in some kind of, like, I hope it's low scoring. I hope it's like a miserable watch, right? Or they beat them by 30 and they have to sit there and go, Coach K is the greatest of all time when Villanova sent him out with a 30-point loss. I want all of those bad things to happen because that is my role here. Yeah, remember when uh, when the Eagles won, they were trying to grease the lampposts so they could not be climbed. Yeah, mm -hmm. I want Van Fan base. I want, but the, look, the funniest outcome actually, Spencer. Now that I think about it, and look, yeah, Villanova missing Justin Moore, their second leading scorer, torn Achilles, all of that is true. Um, but the funniest outcome is if like Villanova beats Duke, and Coach K is so triggered that he walks back out to half court and says, "I'm coming back for another season." <laughs> <laughs> that, that's again that is by the way nightmare scenario of all nightmare scenarios <laughs> that we've gone through this whole thing that we've gone through so every funny. long farewell tribute but like we got to write thompson profile out of this right dude yes. should be gone this is done your career is capped and he comes back out like the undertaker and it's like <laughs> one more year <laughs> One more WrestleMania for Coach Krzyzewski. I mean, it, even if they the, – the reason why I can't in good conscience root for them to get to the finals is because we all, us haters and us members and fans of the proletariat, enjoyed watching Duke get embarrassed and Mike Krzyzewski get embarrassed on his farewell night at um, Cameron Indoor by the North Carolina Tar Heels. If they beat them in the semis, like it feels like it wipes that away. It feels yeah. like, as you were saying, Pablo, that that moment then becomes the the kind of inciting incident of the final season, the last dance Coach K documentary. I don't want that moment to get washed away. I don't want that moment to be the low before the high. I want that moment to live on and be a proud, shining moment of no matter what, you lost that last game to your rival. <laughs> Like, don't don't take that from me. This is this is, by the way, all setting up to someone cutting a one shining moment montage of Duke losing by thirty. 
that that might Absolutely. be worth all of this. Oh, yeah, with, no with they lose though, they're gonna win by with, thirty probably. With with Dominique covering the song, just like singing it himself, <laughs> because he oh, hates geez. one shining moment so I much that he can only I mean, perform it to kill it. I I only hate it a little bit less than Spencer hates. Spencer hates it more than me. Oh yeah, I hate time. it a lot, but oh, he hates it more. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. But UNC's gonna lose though. I, I don't want them to lose, but they're gonna lose because Duke is more talented. I'm sorry. I mean, Duke has, I mean, look, I guess Alabaster, just the basketball side of things to give a doff of the cap to Duke. Paolo Bancaro is the best player left in the final four, right? Like he's the best NBA prospect. That is so clear to be. Duke is a better team than Carolina. That is also clear to be. Kansas should be Villanova. Duke should win the title over Kansas. Am I getting any of that wrong on the basketball side of things? I, I think it's even more extreme than that. I think you could make a case that Duke has the best five players in the Duke yeah. Carolina game, which is why the upset would be even more sweet. But I, I don't think Carolina has a true NBA prospect on, on the no. roster. Of course, you could look at Brady Manick as someone who could find a role or Caleb Love who has the talent. But there are guys on Duke who are sure thing. NBA starters, rotation guys. Paolo Bancaro could be a star. AJ Griffin could be a star. Keels and Roach are NBA guards. Like The team is loaded. They should roll. But that's almost what makes it more interesting because Coach K is the guy who – Decades ago, excommunicated Corey Maggette for being a one-and-done and wanted to be a four-year program. And now he is the, the one-and-done guy competing against multiple four-year programs. And that experience could come into play. That's right. He has, all these, also, yeah, he has all these black one-and-dones, Dominique. And that's not enough for you. That's I mean, still not enough for you. I'm just looking. And I'm looking at a list right now. And the top... Three are Duke guys. Number seven, like the projection of draft. Number seven is another Duke guy. Like they have their their entire starting lineup is a lottery pick. Like they have an actual NBA roster, and that makes it even sweeter. Yes, going to get these black one and done players occasionally makes me comfortable with Duke winning, but they're going to continue to win elsewhere in the future and in the NBA. I'm fine with them losing now just so Coach K can be – I just want to hear his speech or his, his um, interview afterwards. I really want him to then announce that he's coming back. That would be hilarious and, even, and, he, and have to start this journey all over yes. again and we have to do it again next year. Even funnier if Carolina comes out and goes 20 or 30 from three. Just hits like a complete random lottery <laughs> shot of a awesome. game to take out the best Duke team in recent memory. That's, that's what I'm hoping for yeah, here. Man. I'm hoping. Sorry, go ahead. No, I'm, I'm just hoping for – I'm hoping against hope for the kind of game to take out a legend that is totally random. And for everyone who watches the game who is like, oh, that you should play the right way. You should go in the low post, right? You should rebound. <laughs> I'm hoping for those people that just like the least burst a blood vessel watching this Fundamentally game. sound upset yep. in Mike Krzyzewski's yep. life. Oh, yeah. gosh. Um, are you still mad about the Tommy Amaker situation? Because he's your boy now. He used to be a Duke guy. But – but now he's a Harvard guy, and yes. Coach K. <laughs> I am so glad that Coach K is threatened enough by Tommy Amaker, such that Tommy Amaker is trapped at Harvard. <laughs> he's stuck there forever. He did the whole succession thing. He did bore on the floor and gave it to John Shire. <laughs> and I'm like, great, great. Make, make oh, your protege man. who you 
can control and puppeteer quietly from behind the scenes your successor. That'd is he keeping lovely. an office? Is he doing like the, yes. the old John Thompson move? He's, He's getting an office, an office in there? but yeah. they're bricking up the entrance so that he can't yeah, actually wall- access. Yeah, they're walling him in. Yeah. yeah. Is it a sarcophagus? What is happening? Basically. That's where he lives now. <laughs> That's ridiculous. What is his role? Does he have a new name for his role? Just, just... Pharaoh? okay once we get from duke to egypt i think we've expended all we have on this topic we didn't talk about any other teams but duke but that's 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 right par for the course yeah that's fine all right guys we'll move on and we're gonna move on to a new segment Mm. called the fine life presented by corona and this week (laughs) the fine life presented by corona is being lived by Giannis Adetokounmpo. Giannis <laughs> dropped 44, 14 and 6, hit a clutch step back three to send it to overtime, became a battering ram that hit clutch free throws to beat the Nets in set overtime. Giannis Adetokounmpo, you're living the fine life. Presented mm. by Corona. What a what a what an ad read, what a segue. What a bit of B-roll we're watching here, because Giannis, yeah, destroyed the Nets. Like the fine life. Like, fine is probably an understatement for the kind of night that Giannis had. I mean... Um, what do you do with that? Like, no, what do you Spencer, do with any of that? What do you do with any of this is the right question. And it used to be that you forced Giannis to shoot, or you put, as Stan Van Gundy once said, you put a bleeping wall around him. You just, like, send bodies at him and slow him down in the paint. But now we're watching him do things that Kevin Durant does. And while Dominique is clearly holding out from this sponsored segment for the time being, and <laughs> Giannis, as for the card that's just been laid down, is holding a very non-photoshopped giant lime and giant corona in either hand, it's worth noting, like, Spencer, look at what it takes to be really good in the NBA right now. Look at the MVP standings, right? We have Giannis, we have uh, Nikola Jokic, we have Joel Embiid, we have mm-hmm. Kevin Durant. Like, these are individuals who are all seven feet tall and do the things that make Bob Cousy, like, shrivel into a tiny, tiny, like, postal worker-sized nightmare. Like, this is how the league is now. You need to be one of these guys who's basically an alien. A postal worker small? Yeah, I don't know. Postal work is probably all over the place, right? Well, you want to post a stamp? I, I mean, I assume my my uh, mailman is a six footer, not a small guy. He's bigger than you, Pablo. Mm, Bob Cousy, first off, five eleven. Bob Cousy, mm-hmm. five ten and three quarters. Bob Cousy playing against looks pretty athletic. Mailmen, you know. That's, oh, that's, the, that's I'm the, sorry. Yeah, I should have I should have continued my boycott rather than misunderstanding. What I'm you glad you I'm glad you crossed the picket line. I did not that. cross the picket line. I came in to sabotage this segment. It was going a little too well without me. So we, uh, <laughs> mess it up. Scab it oh, over. that is not wow. fair. Oh, you guys have that custom is... Dominique spawn con with Corona now. Mm-hmm. Can I see the um the like the title sheet? I need to see that again. That is amazing. Thank you. The fine life presented by Corona. Yeah. Terrible, terrible line. Like, what is that? What is that? Is a slogan? It's gross. Like, when when fine is how I respond to people who ask me how I'm doing, people that I don't want to talk to. How you doing? Fine. Like, I, at no point am I trying to sell something to somebody by saying, hey, you want your life to be fine? Well, I, I, want, to- I want to be great. 
I will tell you this. Giannis has been living the fine life for a long time because I found and retweeted a tweet of his from 2014 where he said, and I quote, I just tried a smoothie for the first time in my life. Now, yeah, S-M-O-T-H-I-E, God bless America. I was like, <laughs> that was like... <laughs> Which, like, above all of the things about him getting, like, better as a player and about him just apparently downloading new content, like, yes. Giannis, shooter, he that's a DLC. He just downloaded it. It's a patch. He that's can do right. that now, in addition to everything else. And going three-on-one last night on more than one occasion and it working out totally fine for the Bucks' offense. In addition to all of that, I, I don't know if there are many people who are as consistently happy to be alive and in the place that they are than Giannis. Like, Giannis, admittedly, this is a pretty good gig, being Giannis, but he enjoys it. Not every athlete would necessarily enjoy it. Not every person would necessarily enjoy it. I never get the feeling that he is not surprised by his own success in the best possible way. Giannis, to me, Giannis, to me, like, Spencer... <clears throat> His ability, look, percentage-wise this season, right, like from three, 30%. It's not his best season from three. Free throw line, 72%, not his best season from the free throw line. But the fact that he has these giant balls that allow him to cross over and step back to Bombs. get the game to overtime and drain a three, the fact that he drives to the lane and to the hoop and gets fouled and hits two free throws to put the game in favor of the Bucks. I mean, this is, yeah, that was his first tying or go-ahead three-pointer in the final 30 seconds of a game ever. Like, he is learning things at the most pressurized moments that even if it's not the thing he should be doing all the time, the fact that he can't do it when it matters most. I mean, Dominique, I'm going to use the adjective that you derided here in a way that I think is complimentary. Like, he is fine. Oh, God. <sighs> <laughs> Now, now you got me feeling sorry for Corona. Now you got me that, feeling that's sympathy. That's how we get on That you have associated their fine product with your terrible singing or flirting with Giannis. Yeah, I don't know exactly. What you're doing. It was both of those things. I have an update on my on my Lime account. Mm. Looking pretty low on citrus over here, Corona. <laughs> citrus, not much acidity in my pocket. Get on that. Please don't. No, I'm not trying to get us unsponsored. I'm trying to get us a little side sponsor. Let's, let's, let's cut me off a little piece for me and my boys. That's all I want. Oh, that's right. Until then, don't drink it. Water is better for you. A, remind, a reminder that only one of us on this broadcast has actually been elected and served as a union rep, and it's this man right here. That's right. I do like water, though. It's pretty good. You Are you anti-water, Pablo? Is that what you're saying? Um, well... <laughs> also my favorite part of any broadcast where we clown on foxworth for this picture uh despite the fact that he is the only professional athlete on this oh, broadcast yeah. the only one that's who could fine. even be in this situation that's fine that's i don't right. need you i don't need you to to cape for me though i appreciate it i know what it's like to be atop the professional mountain atop the social mountain atop the attractiveness mountain it's a place that i spend a lot of time up there and you got to dodge these rocks from little alabasters every now and then right alabaster oh yeah you totally sold me with that uh <laughs> genuine hubris okay uh i do have more questions about this actual game though because it was another oh, stunning performance from Giannis, and i want to pivot to what this all means because he outdueled kevin durant who you know was someone who ostensibly outdueled him in the playoffs last year even though Giannis ended up winning the title 
And our question, I really want to know, how significant was that performance for you last night? Because he's now done it against uh, Embiid and Durant back-to-back, and you got people online being like, this is finally playoff basketball. Do you feel like this is like what we're going to see in the postseason in a couple weeks? Yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I mean, it's scary. I Look, the Bucs are the defending champions, right? Like, And the reason we don't talk about them beyond bad producing is the fact that there actually <laughs> isn't a ton also. to say. I mean, yeah. what do you say about the Bucs? They have a big three that is now a big three because they won the title. They have Giannis, who has now had, yeah, 40-14-6 and six, and 44-14-6 against the Sixers and Nets, respectively. They have Brooke Lopez, who's back, their fourth-best player, anchoring the defense. But in terms of the drama that animates conversation, like, they're boring. Like, Spencer gave the most exciting thing about Giannis, which is that he has, like, a childlike wonder at all the things that we are numb to. Unfortunately, I think he discovered Dunkin' Cookies not too long ago. Yeah, yeah Oreos. Yeah. Oreos. Yeah, that was one of my favorite Giannis uh, cute guy moments. I just don't think Giannis cute guy moments can be fed into the first take machine. And, <laughs> and that builds content. Well, I mean, Giannis is doing was is admiring. Giannis was single-handedly um, LeBron-esque fueling the first or the hot take machine last year when he was missing free throws and people were counting. So, I mean, this particular game or this series of games means nothing to me because Giannis went through that fire he fueled that fire. And then last year, we thought he like hyperextended his knee and came from that to completely dominating a series that they probably should have lost. So like, there's nothing else to learn about Giannis. He has reached his final, fu- his final form. It has not gotten any scarier. It's gotten cuter, but it's gotten a lot more talented. So Giannis is capable of just about anything. We've seen that up until this point. And I mean, he can, outduel is probably the wrong word. He's not going to outduel. KD, even if they won last night, it never seems like a, a duel. He KD's going to show up ready to duel. What do you duel with? Like a like a fencing sword or like a, a pistol foil, or something? An epee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. KD's, KD's going to show up with that, and Giannis is going to show up with a bazooka. Like, that's that's it's not a duel with him. That's not the way that he plays. So, yeah, he's great. No, it really, I'm done. It really, it really reminds me, by the way, of, like, when Shaq was coming up. Because yes. Because there were all of these, like, little nitpicks in Shaq's game, right? Like, imagine, you know, okay, this guy comes up. He can't hit free throws. You know, fundamentally, there's just things that drive people crazy about him. And yet, through sheer force of will and personality, he bulldozed himself to titles, right? And it's even more impressive to me because I think the tool set's way more varied, inarguably. No, it's not close. Yeah, Yeah, it's not even close. It's as if Shaq actually developed a three-point shot and the ability to hit free throws. And the other aspect of this game, Alabaster, I, look, and Drew Holiday has his quote, right? This man is doing everything. I don't know how much more he can do. Average 60 points a game, but he's damn near doing that. Yes, but implied in that too, and Dominique, this is where I would have hoped you would have had a special appreciation for this guy. He's also playing defense. He's one of the best defensive players in the league. And so it's, it's always the conversation right in the NBA. Like, when do we actually care about defense? It's almost always as like a tiebreaker. And in the KD versus Giannis debate, because this is a debate about more than just MVP votes this season, it's a debate about who do we send to play the aliens in a game for the fate of the universe. Like, I want the guy who also is one of the best defensive players who can stop pretty much everybody and also, yeah, just pass Kareem as the Bucks all-time leading scorer. Uh, you're getting carried away. You're trying to kill uh, humankind. 
if you don't send KD in a one-on-one against an alien, you want us to die. Like, I think Giannis will probably beat the <laughs> alien, but that's just stupid. One-on-one, KD, the, his versatility, ability to score. And, he, I mean, he's capable defensively. Like, he's... Uh, Certainly capable. Yeah, so stop. But, you but, went too far. No, The I mean, aliens, one-on-one with the aliens. If you're dude. building a team, maybe I'll listen to you. But one-on-one against the alien, KD's our guy. It's no question. He is also, an alien. Yeah, also, does Giannis use burners? No, KD's got, like, 20 burners on Twitter. If this comes yeah. down to if this comes down to social media warfare, it's going to be a blowout. And 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 cute guy Giannis is going to see the aliens and be like, "Oh, this is so wonderful! A new thing to be exposed to." Oh, I love aliens. We're down six already. That's not KD's mindset. KD is a killer. As soon as the aliens show up, he's pulling from the parking lot. Cash. We're up three. If that alien is like i don't know 275 pounds give me Giannis, man alabaster who are you taking in this the i think size, size the size I thing size KD and put weight that really myth, matter here you're what kd put that foolish myth to rest many years ago that he that him being slim was going to be a problem he cooks everybody He's the best offensive player potentially we've ever seen in the history of basketball. Sure, I'm not disputing Stop the it. offensive player end of things. I'm just saying if the alien is like more like uh, like the thing from Fantastic Four, like made of rocks, I want a guy who can actually bang down low. Okay, well, you're going to die. Wow. <laughs> yeah, by the way, I appreciate the NBA just immediately killing like – 98% of kids' dreams by being like, here are our best players. They are all seven feet tall and 260 pounds of sheer, perfectly coordinated muscle. I love it because there used to be like, I don't know, I'm in high school. I'm a senior. Maybe I'll hit a growth spurt. My jumper's pretty nice. No, you're done. That's over. It's finished. No, Everybody yeah. in the top 10 is going to be seven feet tall and capable of hitting threes. Yeah, if, you're you're not done. Si- if you're not at least 6'3 by your 12th birthday, I'm going to need you to go ahead and hit them books. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is this is the official end. Like, what was Steph Curry's era? It was the era in which a lot of kids in the suburbs thought that they too could be as good as the son of an NBA player, one of the best shooters <laughs> of all time. Because no, they too, he's a were scrappy like, underdog, Pablo. Yeah, he's a scrappy underdog. Even though Steph Curry is legitimately six foot three and has the genes that you would pick if you were running one of those Chinese state-sponsored breeding programs. Like, yeah, you too can be that guy. Sure. <laughs> um, you brought up underdog, so I feel like I'm co- contractually obligated to say, Rudy, terrible movie. All right, moving on. Mm-hmm. Reminder. Very good. Yeah, never forget. Alabaster. All right, we're going to move on to a couple rounds of what are the chances? The One tackle on kickoff. Like, what? I'm sorry. Yeah, and a sack. Um, Rudy got a sack? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like the entire you know climax of the movie. He was uh, offside. He was offside stuff. It's, it's you cannot call that a climax. You clearly have never had a climax in your life, Alabaster. If you call that moment a climax, <laughs> uh, uh, you caught me. All right, we're moving on. <laughs> we got a soundbite for you guys to listen to here, and uh, Pablo, you're not gonna like it. But what are the chances Doc Rivers should stop being so oh, honest God. about his star players? Let's take a listen. The bench even struggled compared to their well, bench. Well, they didn't struggle. Um, you know, they didn't get a lot of shots, you know, in, in their defense. I think during that stretch, it was more James, you know, um, you know, than, than them. So, you know, um, yeah, that's just. So the thing about Doc, and if you've heard me complain about, about Doc Rivers before, you know this, like, 
there is nobody that I want to get fired more who also charms the pants off of me whenever I talk to him. <laughs> he is delightful. And he's delightful because he gives quotes like this to the media as if he is working for the media and not for the team that I unfortunately care about. Because what he said about Ben Simmons, of course, is infamous after game seven. They get eliminated from the playoffs by the Hawks. He basically calls out Ben Simmons. Should he have done that? Objectively, it's a great take. Subjectively, <laughs> as his coach, terrible idea. Uh, and now he calls out James Harden. And Doc, I'm just saying, man, like it's not going to end well like this. It's not going to end well. Was James Harden good? No. Was he struggling in the fourth quarter as he has been for like a month now? Yes, all of that is true. But what are you trying to do here? You, you can't motivate these guys with these egos as you understand them by shaming them in public. And maybe that is real orange slice behavior for me, granted. But as somebody who wants the team to like win in the present tense, this does absolutely frustrate me. You got to know, by the way, um, if you're a great coach, don't ever tell the truth in public. Yeah. Ever. Pretty much. Don't ever tell the truth in public. It's not a good idea. Do it behind closed doors. That's fine. But you know why Phil Jackson's the greatest of all time? He'd get in there and he'd say things. Somebody asked him a question like that. And he'd go, well, you know, the Navajo have a saying. <laughs> That's the move. That's the move. That is the move. And then what are you thinking about? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, I mean, I, I tend to think that coaches particularly, and I, I'm guilty probably of giving coaches too much credit, but particularly experienced coaches, I think they understand that the media is a part of their job and it's a tool that is to be used to uh, communicate with different constituents. And I know that sometimes when you say something as a coach and it gets uh, aggregated on the internet or talked about on sports radio, that is sometimes a better way to get a particular message to your players than saying it to them directly. So, I'm going to go on a limb and protect Doc Rivers here, even given his track record, and assume that the Ben Simmons stuff was him saying, like, it was a calculated decision, even though it was immediately after the game, potentially still in the heat of, heat of the moment. And I'm going to say that this James Harden one is another potentially calculated decision. I don't know what percentage that um, goes out to, but I assume that he's talked to James Harden. And... He's talked to James Harden's friends. He's done all the things behind the scenes that he thinks can impact his play. And now he's like, oh, last resort time. Pull his pants down on TV. See what happens. Yeah, I, I, I just, the problem is that I watched Doc Rivers coach and nothing about it indicates that he's playing chess instead of checkers. Like at every level, like, I, and yes, Waz, our friend Waz, Wazni Lambre now at the ringer says that, yes, yeah, some Sixers players aren't quote feeling and quote Rivers and his coaching style. No, look, I, I am shocked, shocked, shocked to hear this. Oh. I am shocked to hear that Doc Rivers is not getting along with another set of stars, but he somehow gets along with DeAndre Jordan, who he will continue to play off the bench, even though the Sixers bench has the fewest points of any bench in the NBA in like the last month or so yeah so if i could get if you can downgrade me to actually just like depressed percent that's what i am right now because i'm resigned to all of mm -hmm. this why don't you just cut it off more importantly cut it's off just, what i mean i was gonna say his hair but i mean the situation like oh that's all that when i was watching can we can we see the quote again because when i'm listening to the quote I, honestly i didn't hear anything that he said 
because it's very distracting. Every time I see Doc Rivers' face slash head, it's it's upsetting. As an older black man myself who could would, be headed in that direction. I have questions about what this is, actually. Show if it. If we can please, replay Alabaster, that video. No, no, roll it again. I'm going to need to see it. Yeah, there's a. It's, it's like it's like when you play with the opacity filter on Photoshop. It fights back sometimes, and it's like it looks better at certain angles and on certain days. And the opacity filter is at I don't know thirteen <laughs> percent. I mean, far be it for me to say what somebody should do with their hair or not. Yours looks I, phenomenal. It looks it, the, 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 the high and tight look is really I'm it. digging it. Nice man. little Superman curl you got <laughs> popping right there. Yo, Spencer Ooh. looks Ooh. fine. No product. Fine. I know you can't believe that, but absolutely uh, no product going on I don't here. care if we put product or not. It is cute. It's like the Superman mm. curl now. Yeah. I'm blushing. I said that already. Uh, Steve yeah. Martin's a prop comic. Yeah. Wow. I, I would say this too. Why would we expect James Harden to be anything different? Like, like, what wisdom yeah. on earth tells you that a player who has made a ton of money and enjoyed a really great lifestyle and, yes, shown up in blueberry style like that for a game? Okay, <laughs> yes, make it larger. I need the grande oh, Harden. Yes, we have it. Debatable what makes truly you think... should be watched, by the way. If you're not oh, <laughs> Yes. For the podcast audience, you're just gonna have to go back and watch this on video. Yeah. Oh man, we've got we've got the Tahoe size. That's good. Oh, we started we started with the Ford Focus, he's but now, now we're up to the Tahoe. He's now a human bouncy castle. Yeah. Yes, that's beautiful. But why do you expect him to change? Yeah. Why should James Harden change anything? That's the thing. When they're like, what? When somebody goes, well, I don't like the way he's coaching James Harden. I have news for you. No one really coaches James Harden. That's what you get. He just shows up. And you kind of hope the math works out. To be fair, I feel like Mike D'Antoni was the last person that coached James Harden. Because I remember them turning James Harden from a six-man, like, instant offense type into more of a point guard, which even surprised James Harden. And then he was like, ooh, this is me. I am ISO James. Whether it's because I have to or I want to, it doesn't matter now. That's who he is. And it's no D, James. Not that he was a defensive stopper in OKC, but it seemed quite clear that they was like, save your energy on this end of the floor because we need you to shoot 37 times this game. That's right. And by the way, speaking of, you guys brought me to the place where I wanted to land this topic, which is that it is pretty clear to me that Doc Rivers is going to be fired by the end of this season and Mike D'Antoni will once again be coaching James Harden. I am pretty sure that's going to happen, Alabaster. Guys, we have breaking news. Oh, no. oh dear. Wait, I, I is the I South did, you guys. did the South did the South make a comeback? <laughs> oh no. no, no, no. I can report they never this went away. A, this is a quote from uh, or a tweet from Adam Schefter that just dropped at uh, 1:03 p.m. I'm nine minutes late. Apologies. Despite an offer from the hashtag Ravens that would make superstar Lamar Jackson the highest paid player in the NFL, extension talks have stalled and Baltimore has now given Jackson permission to seek a trade, sources tell ESPN. Ooh. Ooh. And this is Adam Schefter, not Adarn Schefter. It's clearly. Um, Damn. I mean, not that we needed this uh, made more clear, but Adam Schefter, his sources are in the front office because this is a. Uh, a um, tweet that is designed 
to pressure Lamar Jackson into accepting the deal that is there. We don't have the evidence of the or we don't have the details of the deal. We have mm-hmm. like a broad generality, which <laughs> like honestly, you could become the, the highest paid. Yeah. You could become the highest paid player in NFL history and have none of it guaranteed. Yep. And you would still be considered the highest paid player in NFL history. So my guess is let me come in behind Adam and provide the alternative point of view. My guess is the guarantees are not up to a point that um, that is commiserate with the other guys in Lamar's position. And uh, I don't think he would want to trade, but this is what they are doing in order to put him out in the market because Lamar Jackson's a unique quarterback. We all know that not every team Normally, if an MVP quarterback hits the market, every team right. is in the mix. Yeah. Not every team would be in the mix for Lamar Jackson. So this was this just seems like the Ravens brass, whom I love because they gave me a lot of money for very little work. Seems like they're trying to put pressure on Lamar to sign a deal that's on the table. So Alabaster, beyond the fact that the brass love calling anything the brass, by the way, beyond the fact that oh, the brass, love it. what does that put mean? A, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know either. Um, but they put a bunch of limes in, in in Dominique's pocket. That's fair to say. They're a lot of limes try, in the pocket. They don't want to put limes in Lamar's pocket right now. But it is notable <laughs> that the brass, the number one brass, Steve Bishotti, the owner of the team, had just previously complained about how the thing he was most agitated about with the whole Deshaun Watson contract from the Browns was that all of it was guaranteed. And so it does feel like this is the logical follow-up to that particular headline, doesn't it? It, it would if today was not April Fool's. And Mother we of shop that entire tweet. Gotcha. You, you got me. You got me. You had me taking shots at Adam Schefter. All types of stuff. Jeez, the most powerful man at our, at our network. I'm calling mm. him out for being in the pocket of the general managers. Thanks. You cost me my job. We're wow. also, this is also robbing us of the chance of getting Lamar's response to this, which you saw that Adam Schefter had an information heavy fake tweet there, right? That's like, you know, eight lines and all the way to the limit, the character limit. And Lamar's <laughs> response would just be like, LOL, how do I delete this app? <laughs> <laughs> Lamar's, Lamar's a top, he's a top flight NFL tweeter. The thing is about he? that joke that Alabaster just pulled on us is that it was just like tepid enough to be realistic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Lamar had to respond a couple of days ago, or yes. he didn't have to, but he chose he to respond a couple of days tweeted. ago to saying that he uh, loves being at the Ravens. He doesn't want to leave. Speaking of April Fool's, yesterday was not April Fool's, but my kids played a series of non-April Fool's jokes on me. Mm. and try to cut, say it was April Fool's, and they weren't even April Fool's jokes. Like, the point of April Fool's, good joke, Alabaster, is to fool someone. They were just hiding my stuff, and then I couldn't find it. <laughs> and then they, I would, like, yell, where's my computer? April Fool's. No, that's not an April Fool's joke. That's just being cruel to your poor dad. Wow. Did you find your stuff? Where'd they put it? Uh, so many different things got hidden in so many different places. I found most of them, but I'm still discovering stuff that I don't know where it is now while they're at school. So, wow. You, when you I gotta, can't find my work computer and I can't pay tuition next year, <laughs> ain't going to be so damn funny, is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to counter prank them. I didn't realize, though, your counter prank was going to be guess what? Mm-hmm. You're no longer getting educated. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm in the public schools like Spencer. I'm part of the yeah yeah you don't want the, that you working sure. class you don't want dad pranks right dad, dad, <laughs> dad pranks because remember pranks are only funny when they're actually pranks today if any of you out there are trying pranks that involve 
hey, I punched you. That's not a prank. That's yeah. assault. And get ready to get something <laughs> back in return. Okay? A lot of you don't understand that. Okay? Especially those of you who can't laugh at yourselves. If you're one of those people out there and you're like, ha ha, I burned your car down as a prank. That's not a prank. That's arson. I, you know, I'm not your attorney. I can't necessarily advise you in this situation, but I'm pretty sure that's arson. Don't do it. Ask somebody who is funny or has a higher humanity quotient if this is indeed a prank before you try to do it. Y'all know who you are. Yeah. If you have any questions, don't do it. Yeah. yeah. Like I, if there's I, any, it's like, hmm, I don't know how this is going to go over. Nah. Like, like the fill a car with popcorn prank feels like lower grade arson. Yeah. It's so close. It's so it's close. It's really close to being the same thing. You never get it all out. It's mm -hmm. it's terrible. But I, I yeah. I feel like as a dad of three children, I should be more into like these type of silly pranks. Mm -hmm. But I'm actually funny. So I don't need to do weird stuff like that. And I got things to do. Like I, I don't know where are Spencer, these dads. Like, I feel Spencer, like that's are a you stereotype. hearing what I'm hearing? Which is that Dominique is now going on live fake television to get back at his kids. He's no, like, I'm, I'm funny. Not to get back I'm my actually kids. funny. Unlike no, my it kids. wasn't about it wasn't about them. They're actually funnier than me. But it was more <laughs> about the idea of the like the archetype of like general suburban dad archetype is like you make dad jokes and you do like silly goofy things yeah. that aren't actually funny. They're only funny because they're oh. not funny. And oh, like I ain't that guy. I don't live in the suburbs and I, I my jokes are good. When when the kids catch one one of these hot bars, oh, roasting them. Kill <laughs> yeah. them. I'm not out here talking kids, about What do you tell one of these kids that they've clearly never experienced climaxing before? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, that was a good one though. It was funny, right? <laughs> it was a good one. See, no, remember that's remember at any point, dad, especially if you're like uh Fox and you are the father of 3, your life is a constant war, and at any point you can turn from dad into Mr. Don't Play. Mr. Don't Play <laughs> at every point could be right there, right? Because that's the best of threat with dad. Oh, I will tell you this. Y'all have cute dad pranks. My dad, when I was babysitting for the first time at the tender age of 12, by myself, late in a house with a lot of windows. It looked like the no, scream house, right? No, dad. He kept calling me at like five-minute intervals asking where... A gentleman whose name I do not recall was and where his money was. He did this four <laughs> different times until like 1030. And then at 1035, when I was about to call the police and might have if he had not called back said, no, 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 Spence's dad. <laughs> it's just a joke. I'm like, that's not a joke. That's terrorism. Yeah, that's, that's child abuse is that's, what that is. Yeah. Basically swatting your son. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't all have the same dad, y'all. Uh, yeah, I feel like that would ruin me. Like, I would have never want my parents to go out ever again. Like, you're not leaving me home alone. No, no, no. No, no, sir. Yeah, that's especially I was like reading some scary book, watching Unsolved Mysteries. All of a sudden, somebody's calling on the phone saying, yeah, I'll be over there for my money in five minutes. <laughs> yeah, Thanks, Dad. I, did you? I feel like your dad deserved a good tussle that you were too young then. But I hope at some point you, you grabbed him up a little bit and let him know that wasn't cool. Uh, next week. I've got a plan for next week. It's on the calendar. A good father-son tussle sponsored, as always, by Corona. <laughs> you, you ever had a tussle with your dad? I remember the first time I came home from Maryland, like after I'd gone there and started working out and stuff, mm -hmm. he wanted to he wanted to see what was, what was cracking. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, almost threw his little ass through the wall. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I was too strong. Like, I mean... He didn't do too much hitting of me and that stuff like growing up. 
And like, I was a pretty responsible kid, so we didn't have to get into it very much uh, in high school or anything, but he just wanted to test, see what was happening. They got you up there lifting, huh, boy? Grab me up. It's like, if you don't get your little ass off of me. <laughs> yes. Then yeah. we had to call the guy who patches up the walls. Yeah, uh, I never challenged my father, a urologist who has various surgical tools in various cases, just lying around the house for reasons that I hope are obvious by the job description that I gave. In mm -hmm. which, Hold on, so you think he's going to stab you? That would be kind. Of all <laughs> yeah. the options available, with all the surgical tools for urology available, oh, yeah, stabbing would be a merciful end to what I fear might actually happen. No, we, we, we had a little square off and then realized neither of us could fight. Like at the same time, like a silent recognition. It was like a shove. And then we looked at each other. We're like, what are we doing? This is not, we're both terrible at this. Yeah, my, my son is nine now and there's going to come a time. I hope his maturity, compassion, and empathy get on a, get on a better course right now because if they do not outpace his um, physical um, strength and athleticism, I'm in for I'm in for some trouble. Because if he could right now, oh, he would. So hopefully he gets to a point where he's like, ah, I don't want to. Wow, that's my only hope. What do you, how do you think that fight begins? Does he just walk into the room one day and like challenge? Does he slap no you across warning. the face with a glove? It's not going to be warning. No, it's not. He's, no, a, he's, a close, he's a close fist type of guy. Yeah, he's gonna, <laughs> he might, he might, he might like give me a Goldberg spear from the side or something. Declan's he does it now. Him. Like, yeah, I mean, he does it now. He Kidney likes to just wrestle. You. Out of nowhere, he comes up and starts tussling with me and I'll do it with him. And then I'll like let him push me around a little bit. So it's fun. Like, you know, how you used to wrestle with your brother and stuff. And mm -hmm. then at the end, I show him, like I pick him up and show him, like just in case you you had forgotten, I want you to get the wrong idea. Uh, those those other ones was fake. If this escalates, nine year old, yeah, you, I got the strength. You execute a multi button combo on a nine year old. <laughs> no, I'm, I listen just to show I, him that he doesn't know all the moves yet. <laughs> if I lose the if I lose the fight, I'm gonna set it up ahead of time, faking my own death, getting all the way to the casket, right, and popping out at the funeral. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> gotcha, son. You want to talk about a prank? <laughs> April Fools. You were so sad, April Fools. You were so sad. Oh man. I don't know how much time we have left, but like I, I also think that lots of April Fools jokes probably go wrong. And today is the day that a lot of marriages probably end oh, man. relationships probably end. Because like I feel like you could pull a prank and not get the response that you want. And that could blow things up. I don't know. Pablo? I mean, I'm not doing anything prank-wise today at <laughs> all. Yeah. My wife I... is not like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what your guys' partners are like, but like uh, internet like prank culture. The idea of like, I'm just going to turn into a YouTuber today and just sort of like be mischievous, be a no. little Loki today. <laughs> that's not happening. Yeah, I she feel like is don't, very tired from raising don't our pretend, daughter. <laughs> don't pretend like you lost your ring. Exactly. Don't pretend like you're having an affair. No. Don't pretend like you're pregnant. Don't pretend that you can't make the rent. Yep. Don't pretend that you got laid off. Yep. Mm -hmm. don't, yeah, because I feel like the response to any of those situations could go bad. 
the benefit at best is you get a giggle at the person you love's expense. The worst case scenario, you have no one who loves you back anymore. Don't do anything where you can't sleep in your own bed tonight. That's just a good rule for every day, but especially April 1st. <laughs> just for a chuckle. Don't oh, do it. That, was, that made me sad at the end, but it was great. <laughs> um, let's do one more topic here because I want talk. you guys to hear this sound. We're going to do one whodunit. I eat one meal a day, drink one coffee, and eat like three, four bags of candy. And your choices are Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, DK Metcalf, or Zion Williamson. I mean, that's tough. So all of these guys, except for one, are known for being in a particularly great shape. So the question I think we should start with is, is this Zion Williamson? I'm guessing no. He would never admit that he ate three to four Mm -hmm. bags of candy. So definitely Mm -hmm. not D. Yeah. Uh, Sa- Saquon is so incredibly jacked that I just can't see this being a practical like routine for him. Additionally, Derrick Henry is so massive that I just see calorically he might need more demands. Yeah. I'm kind of leaning DK Metcalf, which would be doubly insulting to those of us on the thicker side because he is ripped and putting yeah. down three to four bags of candy a day. So I might give it to him. Yeah, I'm going to go with DK also. I like how you told us how big and strong-looking Saquon and Derrick Henry are, as if DK Metcalf is a slot receiver. Well, no, because I went the other way and just thought, well, who is the person who looks the most mutant and what would be the most insulting result to me personally? It would be DK Metcalf. There's nothing DK can put in his body to make it look like it's not an Adonis. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's see. Talk about how important nutrition is. Nope. Nutrition's huge. I'm, I'm, I'm probably the worst person. <laughs> yeah. Oh. God. Are you eating, pa- you eating Popeyes, churches? Nah. I'm a candy type person. Um, what? I eat one meal a day, drink one coffee, and eat like three, four bags of candy. Man, define bags of candy, man. All right, I'm going to take you yesterday. So yesterday I woke up, worked out, worked out again, came home, showered. I'm hungry. Run to Starbucks, get a quick coffee. That's gonna hold me to like four, five o'clock. This twelve. Okay. So it's gonna hold me for like four hours. Dang. Around four thirty, I order some candy and a water. So I got what did I get yesterday? I got the Skittles gummies. Then I got uh, the Lifesaver Creations. They the same size what? bag, so I just mix them. So it's safe to say we're going to see a DK gummy at some point, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. for sure. Okay, y'all heard it. Um, Another certified, certified moment. Certified right? moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get the gummy, get the candy, get the water, eat that. That's going to hold me to like 8 o'clock where I'm having dinner, 8, 9. And then I eat dinner, go to sleep. I, 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 I feel, I mean, so I understand, right, that like there are stories of athletes all over the place who have terrible diets. Michael Beasley famously with the Miami Heat used to basically empty bags of Skittles into his mouth like a cement mixer. Like this is a thing that we know is possible. It just feels like DK Metcalf, I, I have now more theories about him doing other things to compensate that lead us to places that would get me in trouble, possibly in yeah, court don't, for saying him out do loud. That. <laughs> don't do that. Um, a, I didn't know Skittles made a gummy. I knew Lifesavers gummy. So like, that was news. DK apparently is baby D because he know about all those new snacks before they come out. It's a Friday reference. Somebody will get it if you guys don't. Um, I but I do. What's confusing to me about this is the willpower and discipline to stick to 
a diet that is not good for you is confusing to me. Because he said, I get hungry, I get coffee to hold me over, which suggests that he does not want to eat a, eat a meal. So why would you apply such willpower and then pour sugar and gummies into your, I, I just don't, those things don't make sense to me. I guess he doesn't count them as real food. All I know is that like, generally when you see somebody at a position like that in any sport and you go, wow, what a mutant. I bet their diet must be really great. No. Nope. Nope. Yeah. It's like this. Trash compactors. Every last one of them. LeBron. <laughs> LeBron. Yes. Back when, and I'm not talking about like different modes of LeBron. I mean big Bron. I mean Miami Bron, right? Like my like 270 LeBron, right? That dude, that dude is eating nothing but like pancakes with like syrup and just trash all over them. Because again, we cannot take lessons from elite athletes on how to do anything. The men's health magazines in the stand lie to you. These, peop <laughs> these people are different. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I at one point had that same metabolism, and it was, like, so bad that I would be trying to gain weight, and I'd be eating three and four burritos from Chipotle at one meal, and I did not put on any weight. It just made my poops bigger. Like, it just, it was, <laughs> That was that was all I accomplished in college, and then I got to the league. Kept trying to eat, kept trying to eat. It just it just doesn't happen. It's a it's a tough thing in a relationship, though, because like you know sometimes people's weight flush, fluctuates, and then sometimes some people want to work out. Be more careful, and Dominique. Be careful, Dominique. I mean, worst, worst, worst comes the worst. I'm Your own bed, basement. Your own bed tonight. That's okay. where you want to end up. Okay. Okay. Good. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take advice from my friends. Yeah. I feel like Spencer. That's how you gotta listen and learn and adapt. I, I, Spencer, I feel like your bulking strategies are probably different from Dominique's. Get Yo, my bulking strategy. I just sit there. That's just. I just sit there. I can. I like three three peanut butter sandwiches. I gain five pounds, man. <laughs> Easy. Like, like Dominique's like, yeah, you know, with my old metabolism, what, are you like 175 right now? 180? I do there? not, I do not let myself get over 180. As soon as I get over 180, we got to get busy. That's so that, now that's cute. I could not get over 180. I used to try to get over 180 and I couldn't get over 180. I, I think I've told this story before. I weighed at 184 at the combine. Um, it was all water immediately after I threw up was back to 179 right before I had to run my 40. <laughs> Just All five water. pounds of super clear vomited liquid. Yeah, it was, it was, it didn't look gross because like it was really just 100% water it came out it was warm i guess that makes it a little gross but just I, clear. I will tell you it really doesn't matter like people are, people are gonna go man diet makes all the difference in the world okay i could eat like this at dk metcalf i gained five pounds in a week easy <laughs> easy dk metcalf could double this and he would gain no weight none yes yeah, so everyone know your body is your body give up i would Correct. like to buy stock though i mean like long term that uh in the idea that dk metcalf will have that expanding james harden thing we just did like <laughs> this is not no. going to age well dk it no no no, 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 no. it's it great will. to be invulnerable you're young go ahead but like no i think that there are some people like to there are some people that it just doesn't change like that's who you are genetically and mm -hmm. he's not going to be ripped like that forever but know, i'm like... not sure that dk is ever going to be fat no that's just no too rocked up too jacked also, he's from the Gulf Coast. He's a Gulf Coast Viking, right? He's going to be 50 years old and he's going to look like that.
How does Ole Miss get anybody to ever go there? Pay them, I guess. Right? Candy! Candy! Bags of candy. They love well, I mean, if I'm a high-profile recruit, I'm not going Dominique, to Ole Miss. You know they put limes in people's pockets all the time down there, man. Oh, yeah, you have to put limes in pockets. Just because so much they were citrus. on They were clearly on the other side of the Civil War. And had a mascot <laughs> who represented that until recently. Potty toddy. Three bags of candy potty. <laughs> Bye, buddy.